Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword, I'm Dave Tish. The Afterword is our weekly podcast where we explore what we didn't get to talk about in the weekend's message. When I was in 8th and ninth grade, I had the same English teacher, Mary Sue Gardetto, and she was, and is to this day, the finest teacher I have ever had, and one of the ones that made the biggest impact on my life. And when I was in 8th grade, she said seven simple words to me, that completely changed the course of my life. Mrs. Gardetto had assigned us an assignment where we had to take a fairy tale or a fable and modernize it. So I took the famous story of the shoemaker and the elves. You know the story where the shoemaker can't get to all his orders and he can't order the raw goods or supplies and so his family's going to starve. And the, and the elves, who somehow live in his shop without him knowing it, interdimensional elves, I'm not sure how the story works, they make some shoes that are such high quality and fetch such a high price that uh, bankruptcy has staved off and he is able to save his family. So I modernized it by setting it in the mall and instead of a shoemaker, it was a man who worked at a kiosk in the middle of the mall repairing watches. And the title of the short story was So Many Watches, So Little Time. Again, I'm in eighth grade, so effectively I'm stupid. And Mary Sue Gardetto wrote seven words at the top of that paper that forever changed my life. She said, you have quite a way with words. That's it. Seven words. And that was it. That's the reason I majored in English. She spoke something into existence and saw potential in me that even I didn't see at the time. And this is the power of words. And this past weekend, we talked about the word. We're in a new sermon series called I'm Terrible with Names, in which we're exploring the titles and names of Jesus. And in the Gospel of John, John starts off his gospel in a very interesting way, calling Jesus the Word. John, of course, is doing something very astute theologically and pastorally. He is calling the reader all the way back to Genesis 1-1, the opening words of the Bible, where God speaks, and out of wild and waste, out of darkness, out of nothingness, out of the uncultivated and uninhabited, God orders things and brings life. He brings order and beauty and goodness out of the chaos. And of course, John is trying to say that this is what God's word does. And Jesus is the word. So it's not just a word that's spoken by God, but a person who has come to dwell with us. This week, we're going to dive into that topic. And so let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm here with Jay Kim. Hey, go Phoenix Suns. Um, you predicted this. I did predict this months ago that the Phoenix Suns could potentially make it to the NBA Finals and potentially be NBA champions. I feel prophetic. <laughs> who would have who thunk? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're not a fan of the NBA Finals... Uh, or the NBA in general, uh, there's probably other stuff that you're excited about. You, I'm excited because we also, not in, in addition to the NBA Finals, Yes. I'm excited because we also just started a new sermon series. Yes. Uh, which will go through the entire month of July. Yeah. Which is about the names and titles of Jesus. Yeah, various uh, titles of Jesus. Strange ones that we sort of take for granted. Because if you've been around church, you've heard them a bunch. Yeah. Uh, so we take them for granted. But I, I think for many of us, Myself included, uh, we either rarely consider the depths of the meanings of these 
titles and phrases, or we just don't know what they mean at all. Right. And, in, in some ways, they are they're invitations. In some ways, they're descriptors. Sometimes yeah. there's offices or yeah. things that it means that Jesus is or does. Yeah. Um, so they're they're in there. Yeah. The thing I love most about them is that, as we will see in throughout the series, every title tells a really like big epic story yeah. <laughs> that reveals something really powerful about who God is, who Jesus is, what he came to do, what he's still doing in the world and in our lives. Yeah. Um, so there are these, you know, sort of concise, uh, somewhat strange phrases that tell just incredible stories yeah. about, and the, the most, powerful thing is they're true stories you know they're they're real that's what god's doing so i one of my favorite parts is we probably have seven that we left on the cutting room floor oh so many so like i was just going through we didn't get into uh jesus yeah his actual name name, yeah totally yeah um which means salvation the lord is salvation yeah uh we didn't get into um lord right where he's called lord yeah. What that means. Yeah. Um, we didn't get into the I am mm. um, or the Lamb of God mm. or um, there's all sorts of so ones. many. Yeah. There's so many we didn't even we couldn't get to. We couldn't yeah. even touch. Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting too. Um, and some of those are really cool as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I remember that original document you had like maybe 12 yeah 12 or 15 yeah we different. had to whittle it down man. yeah and whittle it down to four or five and that was tough it's pretty but, cool yeah um what what do you hope will be forged or formed in people at the end of this series yeah i think uh you know one of the uh you know one of the things that can happen in series like these where we sort of deep dive into um interesting theological ideas you know is that we find ourselves just kind of enamored with uh the interesting tidbits you know and and it becomes a a, an intellectual exercise it's just really invigorating for our minds and we really enjoy kind of the theological bombs going off every now and then like whoa i never saw that in the text or i never knew that about and that stuff is all well and good and really you know crucially important in some ways but the temptation is to just kind of linger there you know and just know a lot more stuff and a lot more cool stuff but obviously that's not why we um that's not why we we dive into the word it's not why we preach it's not why we listen to preaching you know we we dive into the word together as a community to be changed to be transformed and on the surface you know one could ask the question well what i mean how why would i change by knowing more about why jesus called himself x y and z or why biblical writers refer to him as x y and z how would that change me that just seems like information like interesting information but i i'm hopeful that the series will as we move along that the series will uh reveal um some really deep underlying truths about god's character about what sort of God he is, what sort of uh, Savior Jesus is, uh, what he came to do, what he's still up to in our world and in our lives. And, and then ultimately, like, 
you know, there are moments throughout the series that, that actually will point to like our own sense of identity and our own sense of, um, you know, who knowing uh, more deeply who we are, who God, who God says we are, you know, and that, that kind of stuff is all sort of attached to these different titles of Jesus that we're going to explore. So I'm hopeful that um, that sort of internal work will happen as yeah. we, you know. So this first week was the word or the logos that yeah. John starts his gospel with. And it's so weighty. It's yeah. so rich. It's it's a giant hyperlink back to Genesis. Yeah. And the way that we kind of talked about it was um, that the creative force that made the universe, that was there at the very beginning in Genesis, that brings beauty and goodness and order out of chaos, out of the wild and waste. Yeah. That is... Um, that's part of what Jesus is. That's yeah. that's why John refers to him as this, and he brings goodness and order and beauty out of out of the world. What else hit you about the term the word or logos? How how as you reflected and you prepared, what hit you that maybe you didn't get to in the sermon that you just like kind of deeply affected you, or or is changing and forming you, or that you hope changes and forms you know folks in this community yeah i mean i think in the sermons you know you were at saratoga and i, I was over at south hills you know we we did get into um the sort of biblical rendering of that word i mean there's a lot more we could have done but i think we hit all the the highlights you know yeah. the, the really critically important pieces uh the thing that i i didn't have time to get into but the thing that i was thinking about a lot was just the nature of words, huh. you know, that God could have chosen in Genesis 1 and 2, he could have chosen to create the world any number of ways, you know, and yet the story tells could have us. waved his hand. Yeah. clapped. Totally. I yeah. mean, even now, that's typically how it is in, like, fiction, you know, like, uh, you know, Jenny and I are watching Loki, the new oh, yeah, Marvel yeah. show Loki, and the way that character sort of creates these, you know, mirages, he just waves his hand. This, like, green, glowing, you know, yeah. emanating thing. It emanates from his hand, and he... That's typically how, like, in fiction... It's so interesting, like, God speaks, you yeah. know? He speaks language, words. He, um, he talks stuff into being. You know, yeah. so I I've been reflecting a lot on that, just on the power of words. I told a story at South Hills about someone who didn't even speak but typed some words that like yeah. really really sort of had this like incredibly healing power in them, and everybody can relate to that. Totally, we've all had words of love and affirmation and healing spoken over us hopefully we have yeah. maybe not all of us but many of us if not most of us and, um so i was reflecting on that quite a bit i think i still am part of it is because my son is learning language you yeah know, and he's trying to talk and that, that language matrix is an incredible thing yeah it takes pretty much the entire central 
processing unit of the human brain right several years to master it's in, yeah it's like a supercomputer yeah that takes years to figure out i mean language right. is unbelievable what a gift god yeah. gave us in language yeah and i just have this deep appreciation for it because i'm watching my three-year-old son yeah try yeah. and He's not yet an adult. Like my six-year-old just talks, you know? So it's just and talks, it's and talks, different, and talks. you know? Yeah. But it's so fascinating, this little window of time you have when your child or a child is no longer an infant or they're a toddler, but they're not old enough yet to just speak effortlessly. You know, he has to like think and like gather his breath and he had a stutter. You know, I talked about this in my teaching. He had a stutter for um, several months and we were like kind of concerned, we, you know, like he was really, really straining to get the words out. And it it's forced me to think about what a gift that is. What a gift. Every word he says to me that makes sense to me is like this like little gift. You oh, know? Totally. It's like, oh, man. He, he was able to formulate an idea and then express that idea to me with words. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a lot. That that sort of love, that sort of effort, that sort of gift is what happened at the creation yeah. and that that the result of that gift the actual word that is spoken in many ways if you see that metaphorically Jesus is that gift you know yeah. given to us sent to us by God the Father um and yeah so I've just been thinking about those parallels yeah. quite a bit it's actually put you know so weird to say but like it's given me like a deeper almost more accessible gratitude for Christ and his uh, presence in my life as the word, the mm. spoken word of God. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. I, I was reflecting on the, the Greek and the Roman way of thinking about the word. They really thought it was, they, they highly valued rhetorical skill. Yeah. And they highly valued philosophy and thought. Yep. And they thought that everything was ordered by this this word, this yes. idea. Yeah. And it reminded me of, of 90s hip-hop because everything does. <laughs> okay, you remember back in the 80s and 90s, people would say like uh, the Wu-Tang Clan and, and, and Q-Tip and Tribe Called Quest, they'd all be like, my word is bond, yeah. right? Yeah. And then it changed to word is born and yeah. then word, word to your mother. Like yeah. the idea of the word being the way that you express yourself. Yeah the way that you articulate your deepest thoughts, desires, and values to the world, and the way that true things are spoken. Yeah. The word is highly valued in hip-hop culture, yeah. right? And yeah. it's this expression. And and it's kind of similar to what the Greeks thought. But they, the Greeks never would have thought of that as a person. Mm, yeah, right. As, right. as a human being. It's just an idea like the force. It's yeah. And then, then, of course, the idea that, that what you say is a, a truest articulation of yourself. Mm made me that's convicting because it's like man what am i saying mm. what am i communicating to people around me to those i love yeah and is that the truest things is it like jesus bringing goodness in order of beauty or is it just weird selfish stuff or stupid stuff mm -hmm. and so that's the discipleship edge that's really really challenging mm. and for anyone who's a christian that our words matter they can form and deform mm -hmm. And that's that's really that's deeply challenging. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, words. It's yeah, just like you said, they can form and deform, unform. They can transform. Um, and I think we have to we have to put weight to that. You yeah. know, we have to we have to consider that, especially in this day and age where 
you know, again, I told that story. They, they weren't even words that were spoken. They were words that were written digitally yeah. on social media and that really profoundly sort of brought healing to me in a surprising way. And uh, in much the same way, sadly, exponentially more than that, what we see online these days is words that cut and yeah. hurt and harm and yeah. break down and destroy yeah. and... I don't think we weigh our words heavily enough. We just yeah. think we're texting that quick little thing or yeah. tweeting that little thing. or, But, man, words can destroy people, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's challenging. That's super yeah. challenging. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple other aspects of this, yeah. uh, of this Afterward podcast, that, and, and yes. a couple of aspects of this. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited to get into that. We're going to... Uh, delve into some some Bible nerd stuff yes. with one of the members of our teaching team, Sarah K. Lee. Yeah. So we're diving that, and then I'm going to talk to some staff about some some ways that words have formed and deformed them. So that that should be super fun. Well, let's continue to be people who speak words of encouragement, who breathe order and goodness and beauty into people's lives yes. with our words. Yes. And aren't flippant. Yes. Or cutting with our words. That's that would right. Be a good application of an articulation of what it means yeah. to really follow the word. Yes. All right. Thanks, Jane. Yeah, thank you. All right, everyone. Um, so I'm here with somebody that you might not know, but uh, those of us on the teaching team do. This is Sarah Lee. Sarah, do, you, do you go by Sarah K. Lee? Would you like to – that's how you sign your emails. I just know you in my head. It's Sarah K. Lee. Uh, because there's probably lots of Sarah Lees out there. There are, and that joke never dies. Oh no! So <laughs> you joke about Sarah Lee the baker? Yes. So that so you, do you hate Sarah Lee? Do you never buy her products? Oh no no. Or do you like? Hey, that's my name. I'm gonna buy some of those products. It's actually a great icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, great, so, the grocery clerks, clerks love it. <laughs> oh, Sarah Lee's buying Sarah Lee. Okay, so now. On our teaching team, you play a really interesting and unique role as you entered into a couple of months ago. You said, hey, listen, I love theology. Is there some way that I could contribute? And we, we were like, I, I don't know. And you just start whenever there's a sermon series, you do some research and you begin delving into things. You begin tearing things apart and and you, you send long emails with, filled with res the research that you're doing theologically. So my question is, like, how did you get into Th that level of Bible nerdery, because it's 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 obviously not just something that you love, but something you do well. So, like, what is it about your unique personality that allows you to do that unique thing? Yeah, I've just always been an avid reader, and have always loved the Bible and been part of church community, and so it it's just grown. It's been just moving from. Uh, more popular level books to just discovering academic books and finding that I could hang with the conversation and I really enjoyed it and have having a group of friends that we would read books together. Is your um, degree in English literature? No, molecular biology. You majored in molecular biology. <laughs> now, it, what university? University of Washington. Oh, so you're a Husky. That's right. All right. So uh, did you grow up in Washington State? I did. Okay. So that was kind of a natural go to the state, state school. school. Yep, absolutely. So do you see any overlap between molecular biology and theology? Because it seems to me on its face, they're, they're not only completely separate, 
it's it's apples and oranges or it's it's apples and sherpas it just doesn't it's a, there's no overlap whatsoever do you see any overlap between molecular biology and theology yeah what i found the similarity of just the way my brain worked for sequencing dna and cloning is works the same way when i look at languages like hebrew and greek and just the research aspect of Time, making connections with the Old Testament and the New Testament and the big overarching story of Jesus. Like it, yeah, it clicks. So you see patterns in both gene sequences and in scripture and literary, right, in right. literary things. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um, Tim Mackey the, calls them hyperlinks between both verses and books and testaments. Yeah. And, and there's, if you've seen those visual representations, there's tens of there's thousands and thousands and thousands it's almost endless it really is and that's what's so fun every time you read the bible there's something new to discover yeah no so we're going to enter into a thing that i like to call bible nerd out and so we're just going to nerd out bible nerd out with sarah sarah k lee and uh we're just going to delve into this so this week we talked about the word and the, as John opens up his gospel with this expression that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word mm-hmm. was God. So we didn't get to, you You put together a chart, <laughs> and you charted out some phrases and some, um, some ideas, um, kind of some ideas and phrases that are present in the Old Testament and how they map to the New. Why don't you walk us through kind of what you found when you were doing that, that word study? Yeah, we were talking about... When somebody says, this is the word of the Lord, they're usually referring to scripture. Uh, but how does the Bible talk about it? How so you're saying it? like in, in church, when somebody yeah. reads scripture, they'll say, this is the word of the Lord. And we say the word of the Lord, right? And sometimes yes. even in some churches in high church, they'll read scripture and then they'll say out loud, this is the word of the Lord. And the people will respond. It's like a call and response. Yes, exactly. Um, And that phrase is found in the Bible, and it's found mostly in the Old Testament. And so the word of God, the Hebrew, Dabar Elohim, is only found one time. Whereas in the New Testament, the word of God, in Greek, the Logos Theos, is around 35 times. But the word of the Lord, that one, Dabar Yahweh, is over 200 times in the Old Testament. So they're being more specific. It's not just the word of a God. It's the word of this God, Yahweh, and that's used 200 times. Exactly. Right. It's specific. And how does that map to the New Testament? The word of the Lord in the New Testament in the Greek is only found 10 times. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So it's 200 times in the Old, but the word of the Lord is only used 10 times in the new. Okay, I'm wondering what, what replaced it. So Lord, going back to Lord in the Hebrew, uh, Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, again, is a really common phrase that's found 66 times. But then in the Greek, in the New Testament, Lord God is only found 10 times. But what we find is that it switches to Lord Jesus. The Greek, Kyrios, Jesus, is found over 100 times. And so, Lord God, Lord Jesus. So, Yahweh Elohim is mm-hmm. replaced by, yeah, yeah curious, because it would be Greek. It wouldn't be the Hebrew. Yes. So, that's where you see the, the delta, the difference. Right. And that's where it's making the statement, as you know, especially in the Gospel of Mark, that mm-hmm. Jesus is God. What about He's the word God. like scripture? 
you know, because we talked about that being a word of God. Yeah, scripture. Because that's not going to show up in, it's never, it never shows up in the Old Testament. It does not. Right. You get words like laws and precepts. And sure. Commands. The word of the Lord. Decrees. The, the, yes, 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 yes. Statutes, all of those. Um, but the Bible referring to itself like as the Bible, it doesn't show up like it, in the Old Testament like it does in the New Testament. How many, does it show up in the New Testament a lot more? It does, about, it's, I found 33 times. Okay. The reference to scripture. And are they referring back to the Old Testament? The laws, the precepts, the it's, scrolls? Yes, because the New Testament wasn't... Wasn't fa- forged. Wasn't in, wasn't right. part of the canon at that point. Right. So, but in essence, when we hear the word of the Lord, what mm-hmm. we're saying, what we're what people would have understood is the divine words of God, either issued, uttered, or written down in co-authored with a human agent. Yes. Written down on a scroll for the benefit of God's people. So it's part of revelation. It is, but as you talk about in the sermon, it's more than that. It's, it's also a personal and an embodied revelation. Hmm. It's not just the written word. So, right, so the written word is also is tied to the very person of God. Yes. So, right, Jay, I think, used an analogy of, like, if I write you a note and say, I promise to come at 4 p.m. and get you, um, that is important because it's the expression, and you can believe that, but it's tied to a person. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. the author of this thing, will do these things at this time. So there's a sense in which it's tied. The, the piece of paper is very important, but you don't worship the, the piece of paper. The piece of paper is pointing exactly. towards something much richer, and that's kind of the, the more whole idea of the Word of God. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. So, man, that's, that's, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, okay, so switching, what, what most interested you in the term the Word of God as you kind of looked at it, as you kind of studied it, as you reflected on it, over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I I just had a, a greater appreciation for, for the word, that it's more than just like a nuance of the definition, but it's like this totally new category of um, more than the written word, it's the power and presence of Jesus, that Jesus doesn't just speak the word, like he is the word. It mm. just really came alive as I was studying this. Just kind of the embodied nature of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you for nerding out with me. I super appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. And thanks for your research. For our teams, you make us all better. And uh, we're, we're, in, we're deeply embedded to your, uh, your molecular biology background and your fastidious attention to detail. So thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Okay, hi, I'm Jesse. And Jesse, tell us a little bit about what your role here is at Westgate. Um, I am the creative arts designer, so I will be working with graphics and just the creative arts community um, and wherever else I am needed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're probably the most recent hire at Westgate, I think. Yes. I think so, because you just started last last month? Yep, almost, almost been a month now. Wow. In the sermon, Jay talked about the Word of God being the Word that orders chaos, that brings beauty, order, and goodness out of the mess. 
So was there ever a time when somebody spoke something to you that brought healing where there was brokenness or light where there was darkness or goodness where there was a mess? Those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So when I was younger in like grade school, my mom actually, whether that is cheesy or not, <laughs> she's the one. Um, she always has really good words. Mm. Um, but she just affirmed me in saying that I was somebody who saw the potential in things. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, I, I'd always enjoyed being creative, but that was such a different heart of what that meant. And I, that has always stuck with me and um, really has felt like part of the calling that God has given me is not just to be creative, but to just see the possibilities. And he's shown that whether it's been in moving situations, um, as my life has been uprooted very frequently. um, Why was it uprooted so much? um, Military life was one of those things. Man, how often did you move? Uh, We moved every two, sometimes three years. And then after college, I was moving some more too. And how many times have you moved? Uh, Have you ever counted? Yeah, it's been a while since I've done a recount. It's got to be at least like 12 times now, though, as far as like relocating, moving. Sure. Yeah. Not like from house to house, but like towns, cities. Uh, We usually would be moving in, yeah, entire like states or countries. So, yeah. So you think that that's part of where that came from, the idea that you could see the potential? Because you kind of had to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's some, uh, like, a gift that God has given me just in in the midst of those transitions. Right. Is, like, to pursue um, possibilities mm. and that hope. I think hope is a great word for it. And to see that there, you can kind of find goodness in those situations, whether it be a project or, uh, you know, an entire space that you're existing in. Hello there. So tell, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Les Letterman. And Les, tell the folks out there a little bit about what you do here at Westgate Church. Yeah, I'm the creative communications pastor here at Westgate. And so I get to dive into all the creative things, videos and photos and graphics and all that kind of stuff and work with my team there. And, and, uh, and you used to be? I used to be a student ministry pastor. That's right. Pastor for, yeah, both of us were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Huh? Our, our past life there, you know. But yeah. Okay, so this is this is pretty easy. I'm just going to ask you a question. Like when, so just a time when somebody said something that really, really deeply meant something to you that you felt might have even been God, God ordering or God inspired or that God used, you know, to really um, heal or help or inspire you. Mm. So, yeah, there's, um, you know, I think one specific time um, I was in college and uh, I remember a, a friend after sitting with um, a couple of friends, one of them was kind of pouring out what was going on in her life and bearing her soul. And um, after she was done, she looked at me and uh, she said, you're a very humble listener. And I never heard that phrase ever before. And um, it really caught me by surprise, but it was... Uh, deeply moving and such an honor to be told that because I think for a long time um, you know I would love 
I love listening to people. I love hearing their stories. I love hearing the things that they're going through. And sometimes I just, you know, I have this, that insecurity of maybe like I should say something wise in this moment, but nothing's coming out. So I'm just going to sit here and I feel awkward. But what was really cool about that moment was I, I didn't say much at all. Not that I even can remember, but just by sitting with her and listening, um, it meant a lot to her. And so I think hearing that uh, actually helped, you know, even now it just kind of shapes my perspective of not me thinking that I'm this, you know, great, amazing listener. If you, you know, you could just ask my wife and, <laughs> but, um, just, I, I think a goal to, to kind of set for myself of, am I listening in a humble way, whether I'm receiving critique from someone or whether I'm, you know, hearing someone's story and showing empathy, am I being a humble listener in that? And so, yeah, that's that's a word that has really traveled with me for for a while now. Um, but it shaped a lot of conversations and how I and how I approach and listen to them. Wow, that's so cool. So it's not that she only called out like who you were in that moment, mm-hmm. but she like set a trajectory, saying, "This is kind of I see this in you." Yeah, and you're like, "I want to be more and more of that. I want to reflect that more." Absolutely, that's so cool. Yeah. Just want to say thank you to all my guests, Jay Kim, Sarah K. Lee, Les Lederman, Jesse Barnes. Thank you guys all for stopping by. Join us next week where we dive into the most quixotic and I think difficult and nuanced to understand title of Jesus. And that's the title he chooses for himself more than 80 times in the gospel. Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. What does that mean and what are the implications? Join us next week as we dive into that one. See you next week.